Hi, my name is Thies Hetzert and welcome to a new episode of my podcast series Yellow Cap, in which I'm talking to alumni entrepreneurs from Erasmus University Rotterdam to find out what drives their entrepreneurial mindsets. I feel proud to be a student ambassador for Erasmus Enterprise, the community of entrepreneurs and innovators at the Erasmus University Rotterdam campus. Hi guys, uh, I'm really excited to welcome Laura Di Santalo and uh, Diederik van Wijk. Um, Laura and Diederik are both alumni from the SAMS uh, master's program and are the co-founders of Forward Incubator. Forward Incubator is a non-profit organization which offers newcomers the opportunity to obtain funding, training and expertise for their starting businesses in the Netherlands. Specifically, Forward Incubator offers four months incubator programs in both Amsterdam and Rotterdam that focuses on training, coaching, student operational support and strong network of corporates and and investors. Uh, Personally, I've participated in the spring 2020 program as a student consultant. And for me, uh, that experience was a big eye opener, Uh, being able to help a newcomer realize his or her uh, entrepreneurial potential in the Netherlands was an extremely uh, rewarding experience. And I uh, warmly uh, encourage my my peers to become involved in the uh, um, Forward incu- Incubator program as well. So, uh, yeah, it was a sort of a no-brainer to uh, invite uh, Laura and Diederik to this podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, thanks a lot, guys, for, uh, for joining me today. Uh, perhaps as a starter, how have you guys come to found Forward Incubator? Yeah, first I want to say this, this is a very uh, a good introduction into, uh, into Forward Incubator. So now I think that we... We can uh, we can skip that part. Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, your warm recommendation to other students is for us very uh, very valuable. So that's good also to have it from someone that had that experience mm-hmm. uh, rather than from us. So uh, thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How did we uh, how did we actually get started? Um, so uh, we started a foundation in uh, 2017, um, and the mission from the foundation has been from day one. Uh, to um, empower uh, people with refugee backgrounds to become economically independent. And we saw uh, entrepreneurship as one of the main uh, means to achieve that. So, um, or you might recall that, let's say in the period from 2015 onwards, that a lot of uh, people came to the Netherlands, other European countries um, that fled war, especially, uh, of course, the war in Syria. And uh, when they came here, it was really difficult for a lot of people uh, to find their place uh, because, well, of course, there are a lot of issues when it comes to uh, integrating in uh, the job market. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we thought is there must also be a lot of people that come from this group mm-hmm. that have a lot of entrepreneurial potential. Mm-hmm. So uh, basically what we did in 2017 is explore okay, what what initiatives are currently out there to support people that uh, come from this group uh, to become entrepreneurs or to, let's say, reset their uh, entrepreneurial careers in a new country. Um, And we found that we're we're a couple, uh, but that a lot of these initiatives were not really able yet to uh, ensure that the people could really build a business uh, and to make money and to uh, grow their business into something through which they can uh, sustain their families and also create jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. That's basically how we started. Yeah. 
And uh, then our approach was to involve students as volunteers and uh, experienced entrepreneurs as coaches. Yeah. And basically that's still uh, the, yeah, the, the, the fundament of our current approach. Okay, clear. Um, and, and yeah, over the, over the years, you've built a huge network of, uh, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, uh, investors, trainers, coaches, and, and, and students. Uh, yeah, some some fabulous uh, statistics also on your uh, your website. Uh, startups from Ford Incubator have, have cumulatively raised over uh, 1.1 million uh, euros. Uh, 46 businesses launched uh, so far. I mean, it's it's incredible. Considering where you are now, where where did you uh, start when building these relationships with with these partners and and corporates? I think um, in the very beginning, the three of us, so the David, Diedrich and I, we were all still uh, studying and I feel that we were a bit uh, so green and so unaware that we were just very eager to reach out to everyone. And we just felt like a bit that everything is possible. Um, right? If you say mm -hmm. it like that. And um, I don't know, for example, one of the very early corporate partners was Mazars, right? Yeah. And, and how did they reach out to you? Oh, yeah, we got in touch through uh, one of the student associations that we were connected to. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we just, you know, as a student, you uh, might sometimes underestimate, like, the power of the network that you already have. Yeah. But through that network, we were really able to open doors. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it was uh, for us at the time, because we were, oh, how old were 23. we? 20, 23, 24. So then uh, you also come in and people, yeah, they just open the door for you and yeah, they like it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they really like to see young people mm. um, that want to achieve something. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's how we got started also building those uh, uh, relationships. Yeah. And then for example, we have other corporate partners, for example, like Simon Kutcher, there, for example, my ex-boyfriend, he was doing an internship at, at one Friday uh, Borrell. Like uh, after work, he was pitching what I was doing to the uh, managing partner, right? And then that guy got excited and said, okay, introduce me uh, to your girlfriend. And so it was very low key. And I think that's something that I really love about the Netherlands. Uh, you can really talk to everyone, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not that you need to go through 10 layers to get in touch with someone high up. Also at Deloitte, very quickly we could talk to uh, people that were quite high up and uh, be part of the impact foundation and uh, we don't work with them uh, anymore but it was just really nice to see how easy it was to actually get in touch with corporates and make it work clear yeah why do you think these corporates were why were they say so aligned with your your mission yeah i think um, what goes for the, the corporates that we work with actually also goes for a lot of other volunteers that we work with. So the um, experienced entrepreneurs that um, are volunteering as coaches in a program and students as well. It's a combination of that people want to do something mm -hmm. impactful and they want to do that in a way which they can also learn and develop themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's a... I think pretty unique combination that we uh, offer yeah. and people just seem to really enjoy that. Mm. And that's how we can really engage a lot of these uh, companies, experienced people. So it's not just that 
they help someone to start a business that has gone through, you know, trauma and a bad time. They learn themselves while doing that. They learn, you know, to truly work across boundaries. They see what diversity really holds as transformative power. But then at the end, there's also in a lot of cases, a business as an outcome, right? And all of these corporates, they feel very secure and safe in that business fair. And they are very interested by doing something with social impact, but sometimes they don't know exactly how to do it. Mm-hmm. So at Ford, they can do that by operating from their core strengths, right? Be it commercial strategy, marketing, finance, mm-hmm. and they just bring it to the table and help someone else with it. So I think that's what corporates really like. Yes. Okay, clear. And, and on that note, uh, Laura, you, you've written your thesis about uh, social entrepreneurship. And you, yeah. you sort of scrutinized uh, and, and criticized the concept for being a, a purely positive narrative. Yeah. Um, can you please describe what were sort of the main conclusions of your research? <laughs> oh my God, I really need to think. So, so, sorry I for think, putting you uh, on the spot. Uh, yeah, this is three years ago. This, no, but I think first it was kind of um, a bit of an accident that I wrote on social entrepreneurship. Like now it all seems so perfect right like I wrote my thesis on this and then started for the incubator but it was actually an accident I wanted to do a a thesis actually on why traditional aid does not work so uh, international development aid and then that kind of went into social entrepreneurship and then I was actually what does social in social entrepreneurship mean because that is social is a concept that is really not well defined. And it's often determined by an elite in a country what is social and what is not social. So I got a bit hung up on that very first part of my thesis. And I think the outcome is just that it's really hard to combine social metrics with for-profit metrics. And there's a lot of green not greenwashing but social washing going on also you know of companies that say we are like very social startup social organization and then they donate one percent of their profit things like that mm-hmm. um and i just wanted to build kind of a framework that uh, companies could use to uh yeah define it a bit clearer yeah super interesting and and you you've sort of come up with then a social entrepreneurship criteria list uh, which allows uh, for assessing the degree of uh, social entrepreneurship uh, within every organization. Um, do you also apply this uh, criteria list uh, to approaching your own partnerships with Forward Incubator? Um, no. So you mean in terms of partnerships, the businesses that we work with? Yes. Yeah. So I, this, I think, is a really interesting question because we see it uh, quite a lot. I personally really love to work with fully commercial businesses because, you know, it's a bit like in the plane when they tell you to put your own mask on before you put it on someone else or you help someone else. I think as a person with a refugee background, you know, you have a lack of social and financial capital uh, in a new country. So it's really good that you focus first on making money, right? So this capitalistic narrative, make money, I think that's really a great way to uh, start yourself. So we are not necessarily uh, focused on on social enterprises. However, roughly 50% of the businesses we work with works somehow towards the uh, SDGs uh, that are 
you know, uh, from the from the UN. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of positive impact, but we don't focus on it. Okay. Yeah. Clear. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. And um, what are your uh, future uh, partnerships like? What what are your future ambitions, uh, Diederik? Can you please perhaps expand on that? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, well, I think that you've uh, first we need to reflect on like what we achieved so far. Uh, in the past few years, like we trained now more than 350 people. And as you mentioned, uh, there are almost 50 businesses that uh, started through our program. And there are uh, a lot of entrepreneurs in the program that managed to uh, raise uh, their first investment, for example. Um, yeah, what we, what we see is that there's just um, the major issue that we are addressing is that there are 80 million, 80, uh, people in the world that are forcibly displaced. So that can be through conflict, it can be, be through climate change uh, or other factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a number that's growing every day. Mm-hmm. And what our reason to exist is as an organization is to provide access to our programs and to uh, empower those people to make a living for themselves. Uh, and as many as possible of those 80 million people. Mm. Uh, And that, of course, means that we also need to look uh, outside of the Netherlands. Uh, And we do that, for example, uh, by uh, opening up our programs to people from abroad. Mm -hmm. So uh, that we did in September uh, last year, in 2020. Mm. Um, Then we, for the first time, allowed uh, people that are residing abroad, uh, but have fled their uh, home country uh, into our program. Uh, and now it's about around one third of our participants um, that uh, join us from abroad. Um, and it's really exciting because that also, you know, you, you come across a lot of interesting connections uh, because you are able to build the bridges between uh, the Netherlands and the countries where the people are residing. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's that's really where we see our uh, future growth potential yeah. uh, and basically uh, helping as many people as possible there. Yeah, okay. So it it sort of grows very organically uh, there. <laughs> well, organically it's 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 tough to grow because we need to continuously raise funds. And for example, at the moment something that we experienced, we uh, were thinking about also expanding to Germany. And the feedback we get from funds is, for example, yeah, you know, this refugee uh, problematic is not top news anymore. You know, everyone feels like, okay, it's not um every day in the newspaper but it's a very very current uh fact what is happening in the world like Dietrich said 80 million people have been forcibly displaced so we need to as a society really think about solutions and it's a bit uh something that we try to change that that narrative is being forgotten right people feel like okay that was in 2015 but now in 2021 we don't need to care anymore about that we now need to all focus on climate change but you know this is a really uh, big problem and we as Ford Incubator alone can of course not uh, solve it Mm. yeah that's a really uh, really great ambition and um, yeah again I uh, warmly uh, welcome my peers to uh, join your program and uh, yeah, now uh, you you have this this hugely inspiring mission, and and you you, you started yeah you started yourself actually Diederik. You were the originally uh, original founder. Um, I think a year later uh, Laura joined as well. Yeah. yeah. 
So we started in June 2017. Then I started together with my roommate David. And then uh, Laura was the first one to join our team full time. And that was in February 2018, so half a year later. Yeah. Uh, then we were both wrapping up our uh, studies. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how we got started in here. And then, uh, what were sort of your your role division? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I mean, in the beginning, it was just all very hectic, you know. And it was I I sometimes think back about these old days, and it was so nice because. There were no real expectations. There were no re real rules. There was no structure. So it was a bit the Wild West. Um, and I think Diedrich has always been really great with the, the fundraising part and the strategy and being very analytical. And I think I'm really good at executing um, and to a degree also managing people. So we had a very natural division of roles from the start. And the other... Uh, founder uh, David he was really great at public speaking attracting people to forward he would love to do these lecture talks to attract student consultants so uh, we were really just by accident and chance uh, very complimentary yes okay and uh, yeah your team now uh, comprises of uh, seven people in total so a little bit about maybe uh, the background of these uh, of your your colleagues now uh, they're all from nearly all from Erasmus right <laughs> yeah a big uh, a big group of them we have one uh, so Antonio has a degree from LSE and Casper went to Exeter so they are not from Erasmus and, and next, all the rest yeah Erasmus yeah right and next week we have two new people start one also Erasmus and one uh, Wageninger so yeah wow okay yeah yeah. That's, uh, well, congrats on your uh, your progress also there. Um, how did you assemble your team, um, and and what attracts your your colleagues to Forward Incubator? Mm. So, how did we assemble our team? I, you know, to be very honest, we have very high turnover at Ford. In the beginning, it was also due to that you know our salaries were quite uh, bad, and the the work is quite demanding because. A lot of people apply to Ford and very they are very attracted to the social cause, right? The humanitarian point of view. But at the end of the day, uh, Diedrich and I, we have really big goals, big ambitions, and we want to grow. So we, I think we demand quite a lot of the people. Um, what we attract or what we can offer to the team is freedom. Um, it is that they can create an impact that we achieve a lot together. And also, I think we really give everyone the, the space to be truly themselves um, and to bring their own uh, ideas and uh, personalities to work. You think about something else? Yeah, and it's just, it's just always a puzzle. Yeah. Uh, because the composition of the team is consistently, it's continuously changing. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we had we had quite a big change uh, last year uh, as a result of uh, COVID, because then we moved our program completely online. Yeah. Uh, we used to have two separate locations, so we used to have an Amsterdam and a Rotterdam combination uh, location. Now we still have offices there, but we have merged the programs, mm -hmm. so people uh, they follow it whether they live in the Amsterdam area, or the Rotterdam area, or anywhere else they follow the program simultaneously. 
So that has, uh, of course, also had an impact on the way in which our team uh, is designed. Mm. Yeah, and there, there, uh, Lara has always had uh, a very, I said that, very strong role in making sure that we are effective as a team. Um, and that's also one of the reasons why since September when that she is the uh, managing director because she is uh, just much better uh, than me mm -hmm. in having this overview of, okay, how can we uh, utilize our team effectively mm -hmm. in achieving our goals? So yeah, that, that has just, I think from the very beginning, there has not been six or eight months in which we had the exact same team competition composition no. yeah. so uh yeah that's that's always it's always something new let's put let's put it like that yeah yeah oh, clear what were sort of your main internal challenges when scaling up your team i think there's a big change between people that start something and people that can scale and grow and improve those are often different types of personalities, you know, um, and we also saw that, for example, with one of the original founders, David, he was just not that interested in improving what we had, right? He's this guy that wants to deal with chaos and he likes it messy. And so we kind of outgrew that phase at some point. And then the team also changed. And I think internal challenges are also like for example me personally I also really had to grow into that role of now uh, being MD which is of course a big word like we're a very small organization but you need to be really comfortable right and I think at the beginning I tried to be everyone's friend and we started this as three people that love to hang out together love to party together but at one point you need to become more professional and have clear expectations and just say okay i'm not your friend you know i'm your boss you get a salary every month and these are the tasks that we expect you to get done so uh, for me personally there was also a shift to really adopt that manager managerial role um which which was not easy from the start mm. Yeah, I can imagine uh, in, in, uh, transitioning from uh, yeah, uh, sort of being a friend and then uh, yeah. becoming a formal sort of hierarchy, right? Yeah, it's 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 also still sometimes it's awkward because do you want to be the one that gives someone shit because they are late or because the slides are not done or I don't want to be that person, you know? I love to have a good time, I love to laugh, but we need to achieve things as an organization. So sometimes you just need to be tough, hold people accountable. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we live and we learn. Mm -hmm. And is, is that sort of in your DNA that you're this super result-driven uh, person? Or have you learned that along the way to become I more? I learned a lot from Diedrich. I think Diedrich is more result-oriented uh, than me. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I don't know. I think, um, I, I don't know if that's the case. We learned a lot from each other. I think we are yeah. very complementary uh, in, in how we do things. Tidrik is more composed and he internalizes things and thinks about it, whereas I tend to talk uh, straight, you know, and uh, very quickly. So I think we learned a lot from each other mm. over the past uh, more than three years. Yeah. Yeah, clear. Definitely. And and a lot of entrepreneurs uh, again who, who leave your your program. 
what what are your your key impressions of the entrepreneurs leaving the program it's uh, it depends on that we have a few different categories let's say mm -hmm. and first i think it's important to understand what the situation is of a lot of people a lot of people in a situation that's difficult for them to once they graduate the program to from day one commit uh, full time to uh, starting their business and that is because they have other obligations when it comes to studying when it comes to learning the language uh, when it comes to well jobs that they have part-time jobs so uh, that's that's one challenge that uh, a lot of the people that graduate from a program have uh, but uh, what we see a lot is that there are some people that are natural entrepreneurs mm -hmm. they just run and uh, it might take some time but they will land on their feet and they will be able to take that next step uh, then are of course also some people that we support um, that we provide more extensive support also uh, after our program is finished mm -hmm. so uh, in the past we have after each of the programs we've had a six-month aftercare program in which we have a weekly uh, check-in and two hours per week dedicated to uh, to the graduate um, to help them with business development, uh, sales, uh, writing a business plan. Uh, maybe if they need the investment that we can help them to be connected to investors to secure a loan or mm -hmm. uh, something like that. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, it just, it's a case by case thing, mm -hmm. uh, but we see a lot of people that are successfully able to yeah to to land on their feet and to uh, further build their business. Mm. Something to add? Yeah, it's just that for the incubator, of course, we focus on entrepreneurship, right? Because for us, entrepreneurship really has transformative powers because it helps people to take ownership again over their own life and it gives them perspective. But of course, entrepreneurship is not the answer to all questions. So. Also, what our program does is it gives people perspective again. So at the moment, we have 110 people that left social support, um, you know, also spillover effects of the companies that uh, have been started through forward. And not all of these are entrepreneurs. Some people got a job, you know, um, and that is, of course, all great. I think what is just nice about Ford is that we help people to land on their feet via entrepreneurship. And it gives them again something to look forward to. Like, I always remember we had uh, back in the days, we had a question in our impact report where we asked people, what is your planning horizon? Mm -hmm. And then in the big, before the program, some people would say like uh, one to three days. And then after the program, they would say six months or a year. So you really give people something to look forward to again and just you know, like people like you that are student consultants, it's so nice to finally have a team that believes in you and that supports you. And it's not always everything rosy, mm -hmm. but you have people that are in your corner, which I think is really nice. Maybe uh, also talk about your satisfaction to your job. What, what brings you the most uh, satisfaction? <laughs> Should I start? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what brings me the most satisfaction? Um, to see the participants succeed. Yeah and to see them regain power as an individual, to really see that you, you know, when people enter the program that they, yeah, they might have their fears or anxieties 
with regard to what they can do as an entrepreneur or uh, in their professional career, uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you see that people, they really change in four months completely. So the, transform the, the transformation that we can provide to those people, uh, that's just really great to see. And yeah, to be honest, that's, that's something that still surprises me uh, every time uh, I experience the people at the end of the program. So for example, we had that two weeks ago. And then if you just see the power that uh, comes from the people, it's just something that's really, it's really impressive to see. Yeah. Because we know where the people come from. And then you know they've made huge steps in four, mo four months. Yeah. And that also tells you something about what they can achieve in one or two years from now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that you said uh, last uh, week, Dietrich, was that a lot of people overestimate how much they can get done in a week, but they underestimate how much they can do in a year. So, you know, and also entrepreneurship is really a marathon. It's, it's not a sprint. And what satisfies me about this job is we see what we do. You know, it's very clear the impact that we are having. And I also, on a personal note, I really became a more idealistic person since I started working for Ford. I think before I was quite cynical. I was like, you know, uh, yeah, there's so much wrong with the world. And now I'm like, okay, but if you want to, you can change it, you know, like just mm. do something that has positive impact. And I know it's not always easy, but there, there are ways to do that. And I think that's what I really love about this job is that I know I'm doing something that has a good impact on other people. Yes, clear. Yeah, I can uh, totally uh, imagine that uh, must be a great uh great satisfaction for you and even for me as student consultant i i felt exactly the same actually so i uh, totally recognize that on, on that note maybe the last question what would be your key piece of advice for students contemplating entrepreneurship yeah i think what i witness a lot with student consultants is that the expectations of what entrepreneurship is are too high you know you have these images in your head of like uh, Wolf of Wall Street, okay, he was not like an entrepreneur. Well, he started his own business, but it's just, you have these crazy ideas. And then the reality is you sit there day and night, writing email, getting rejections, you know, working your ass off for not a lot of money. And you need to just have that resilience and that stickiness in you, you know, that if 10 people close the door in your face, the 11th store, you need to knock with your biggest smile and say, here I am. Would you like to work with me? Um, I think that is something that students sometimes just underestimate. You know, it's not all venture capital fun and raising money. It is really executing and knocking on doors and leaving the building. And also just you need to be uh, okay with being vulnerable. For me, that is sometimes very hard. Like, because, you know, for the incubator is kind of part of who I am by now. <laughs> and it's just if someone says something negative i it just really hurts me you know because it's like i work for this every day for three years and i love it so much so if someone attacks it i get yeah i get very um hurt mm. by it and i think every entrepreneur has that in, in to a certain degree mm. um, mm -hmm. you know 
Yeah, to, to people that are comp- contemplating entrepreneurship, I would say stop con- contemplating. Do. And uh, <laughs> if, you want to, uh, if you want to experience what it's like, there's only one way to find out, and that is to just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think that, for example, the, to be involved in our program as a student consultant is a great way to, to see it. Okay. But the only way to to really know what it's like is to live the experience yourself and to and to really do it. Yeah. yeah. Because then you also carry the, let's say, the burden of the success or the joy of the success. You feel, hundred uh, percent, owner over it. Mm. I I just think that if you are a student, and immediately after uni you do something. You are way freer in your head to do certain things. Once you start working in in a corporate uh, and you get a good salary, you know, you might become a bit more comfortable, right? You have the salary, you have a nice office space. And also in your head, you start to have boundaries. Oh, I cannot talk to every person. There's a hierarchy. So we, we were so clueless that we didn't even know what we could not do. And that ignorance, I think, was was a bliss to us. So I think uh, starting as an entrepreneur right out of uni is actually a perfect time uh, because people love to help young people, mm-hmm. love to help driven, you know, en- entrepreneurs. Uh, it's it's very easy uh, to talk to people at least. So mm-hmm. yeah, just just try to to get out there and start talking to people about it. Yes. Well, that's great. Uh, great piece of advice. So uh, thank you so much for that. And, and thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was really, really great pleasure talking to you. Yeah, again, uh, huge congrats on uh, your Forward Incubator uh, success. It's been, uh, again, it, it's been a hugely uh, satisfying journey for me uh, to participate in your uh, full program in uh, 2020. It was in it was for me a, a, a great experience. So again, I would warmly, warmly welcome my peers to... Uh, to do that as well and um, uh, you are two uh, very inspiring uh, uh, role models for us as students so thank you so much for uh, for your uh, time thanks, uh, great. thanks yes. a lot it was a pleasure thank you great thank you